Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Gerald Green to inbound. Harden trying to get free. Down to three. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another installment of Believe in the Rockets, only on the Believe Podcast Network. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis, alone, my partner in crime. Hey, what's going on, CD? How you doing today, man? Doing well, man, doing well. You know, this has been a really historic weekend over the past couple of days, but we're not going to get into any kind of politics, you know. Right. But at the end of the day, you know, we're here to talk about the Houston Rockets and a lot has changed with this organization. The last time you and I was on the mic, there was a coaching search going on. Daryl Morey, I believe he had just stepped down and we thought that he was going to just be stepping away from the game of basketball to spend time with his family. And, you know, he talked about his two kids who were taking a gap year in college due to the virus. And he said he wanted to just spend time with them. Then the following week, he he -hmm. goes on and becomes the head of basketball operations with the Philadelphia 76ers and now has his eyes set on making another deal for James Harden. Mm -hmm. A lot has changed with this organization since you and I last talked, but of course we got to talk about the biggest change of all. The head coaching search finally came to an end. The Houston Rockets have hired Stephen Silas, the son of Paul Silas, as their new head coach, and on Thursday, the Houston Rockets introduced him as their, I believe he's going to be the 15th head coach in Houston Rockets history, which to have only 15 head coaches over the past couple of, throughout your franchise's history Mm -hmm. is really good for this organization. And I was able to be a part of his press conference that took place on Thursday. And to be honest with you, Hawk, I loved everything that I've heard Silas to say. He doesn't want to make a lot of changes. He say he just wants to come in and enhance a lot of what the Houston Rockets have been doing over the past couple of years, because he said, you're looking at a team. They don't need a lot of changes. All they need is a couple minor tweaks. And he believes that the philosophy and the tweaks that he can implement is going to be enough to finally get this team over the hump. But before we start talking about the expectations we have for Silas here in Houston, Hawk, as a former player, not only, you know, a former NBA player, but just a former professional basketball player in general, what is it like for a player to have to get accustomed to a new coach's system? Well, it's it's not easy. Um, just through my experiences uh, playing professionally overseas. Um, you know, obviously I played in Taiwan, China, Australia, and particularly in Asia. You know, I had to deal with, you know, playing for a coach that didn't even speak English. So it's it's a lot of uh, uh, patience that goes into, you know, playing for a new coach, um, uh, understanding and uh, and really just adapting. And that's, that's what a professional player does. Um, doesn't matter what level, of a professional where you play overseas or in the NBA, you have to be able to adapt. Um, so I think the, the the most important thing is the respect level that the players will have um, for for him as a as a new head coach. Uh, obviously, with with his dad being um, known, you know, being a, a head coach himself, 
all his life. I mean, he's, he's a 47 year old, you know, head coach of a, of an NBA team. That's um, that was on, on the brinks of, you know, possibly advancing to the, um, uh, the Western conference finals. And he has um, the experience of, of who he's been taught, who's been mentoring him uh, with his dad, as well as other places that he he's coached um, as an assistant coach. So, I think overall it's just more so the players being willing uh, to adapt to his style. And uh, I actually, I love it, man. Um, just the fact that, that, you know, being an Afri- African-American coach, you know, coming in, there's not too many in, um, in the NBA at, at this, at this time. So um, I think it shows the, uh, the willingness to, to move forward in that direction and just hiring uh, the most qualified coach. And so um, I'm looking forward to it, man. I'm, I'm happy for him. I'm happy for the Rockets and it'll be, very interesting to see how the team moves forward. I don't think that this team is going to have to make too many adjustments because he is already a guy who is familiar and has worked with analytics. And, you know, this organization, well, the old regime that they had, you know, love an- analytics. And that's something that they are not foreign to. But what he was able to do in Dallas, he has been credited as the founder of creating the most efficient offense in NBA history. And that's what the Dallas Mavericks had last season. They had average a total of 115 points per 100 possession. And that that put this team, that put them Dallas Mavericks in a position where they was by far the most efficient team in NBA history. And efficiency is something that this organization loves to do because, you know, like I mentioned, they, they love analytics. And what I would say, about the Silas hiring is this. I think he's going to be the coach that's not going to be afraid to make adjustments Mm -hmm. because throughout his whole press conference, he continued to say he's not coming here to make a lot of changes. He's just coming here to tweak things. He's just coming here to make just, just, just the smallest change in order to help this team get over the hump. And Hawk, I know you and I haven't really been doing this too long, but if you go back and listen to the past shows I did before I had before I got you on, that was one of the most frustrating things about Mike D'Antoni being here in Houston is the fact that he never wanted to tweak anything. If anything, he just wanted to double down on his philosophy that clearly was not working. And I do believe that is part of the reason why the Houston Rockets are in this position that they are in today. Because you look at what Silas had to say about small ball. He was asked on Thursday, what is your ideal small ball? Like, do you want to continue moving it forward? He flat out said in today's NBA, you have to be willing to play some form of small ball, but he's not going to play small ball for a full 48 minutes. And that's where the Houston Rockets made their mistake. And he also talked about the fact how he will like, and I'm pretty sure he's going to get one, he wants to have a legitimate center. It doesn't have to be an old school Shaquille O'Neal, uh, Ben Wallace type of center, but somebody who can help them on the, on the boards and somebody who can at, at least be their defensive anchor. And speaking of defense, Silas also talked about how he wants to get this team to go from the 15 best defense to top five in the league. And defense, it has looked better over the past couple of years, but if you take the Rockets offense and what they have been able to do over the past couple of years with James Harden at the helms, 
and you just instill just just a little bit more de- uh, of a defensive presence, I do believe that's going to be enough to get the Houston Rockets over the hump. I love this hire. I think Tillman Fatita, ironically, he got this one right. But on the other side of the break, we're going to talk about some rumors that's surrounding the Houston Rockets right now, you know, with Silas coming in, there has been some rumors going around about the uh, a potential departure of Russell Westbrook, a potential departure of James Harden, and some more thoughts about Silas's hire. So don't go nowhere. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Believe in the Rockets, only on the Believe Podcast Network. When Silas got hired, this is his first job as head coach, but he's not your typical first-year head coach because he has been around the block a couple times. He is the son of former NBA head coach Paul Silas, who I am familiar with, not really familiar with, but I do remember him when the Charlotte Hornets came to New Orleans and became the New Orleans Hornets. He was the head coach at the time. He was the first head coach that I actually tried to follow, learn, and study their philosophy. Didn't go too well, Hawk, because I believe I was like 10 or 11 at the time. So, you know, right. basketball philosophy at that time wasn't really that deep like it is now. Mm-hmm. But I do remember his dad and stuff. And um, there was a lot of questions like, how is he going to fare? How, what, what is his philosophy? And like I mentioned in the first segment, I am happy that the Rockets took a chance and is letting Steven Silas become their next head coach. And before moving on, I do want to say this as a young African-American male, I love it even more. And the fact that the Rockets have put this man, this black man in a position to lead an already established team. We're not talking about a team where you're coming in and they want you to try to lay a foundation down. They want you to try to, you know, take a team that only won 15 games to 30 games from 30 games to to 50. It's none of that going on. This is a team that is ready to win now. I love the fact that Tillman Fatita and the Rockets has put a black man in this position because we don't see that a lot of times. A lot of times when a black man take over as head coach, they're in the most messed up situation as possible at the end of the day like steven Silas said he is a win now coach however i do have just a small problem and that problem is how is he going to coach the superstars on this team and russell westbrook and james harden because he has put together an impressive resume of coaching some of the most talented players that this league has seen over the past two decades. So he begins his coaching career with his dad, with the then Charlotte, later New Orleans Hornet, coaching a young Baron Davis. Next thing you know, he goes to Cleveland to coach a rookie LeBron James. Then he goes on to Golden State and coach a young Monte Ellis. Later on, got Steph Curry. He goes to Charlotte, now the Charlotte Bobcats at the time, coach a very young Kimber Walker. Then he goes to Dallas and coach Luka Doncic. Every single one of those guys, with the exception of Monte Ellis, and he could have been an all-star, but the fact that he was playing the same position as Kobe Bryant, Tracy McGrady, Ray Allen, Monte Ginobili at the time is part of the reason why he always missed out on an all-star game. But he coached some phenomenal all-star talent, and two of those all-star talents are all-time greats. One is in consideration to be the GOAT. However, I say all that just to say, yes, he has put together a great resume, but every single one of those guys that he coached were young. Every single one of those guys were trying to find a way into how to make a mark on the NBA. Now you come into a position where you just don't have (laughs) talented guys 
you have Hall of Famers because if James Harden and Russell Westbrook were to retire tonight, both of those guys will be first ballot Hall of Famers. Both of those guys will be top 10 at their position. And for James Harden's case, he might in, he might already be a top five shooting guard of all time, possibly top four. But I say all that to say, and I want to ask you this first, Hulk. Do you or do you not think it's going to be hard for Silas to gain the respect of a James Harden and a Russell Westbrook with him being a first head coach? Because like I mentioned, he has been credited of, of helping some of the most talented players over the last two decades but they were young. Um, I personally, I don't, I don't think it's going to be hard. Um, just the fact they, I'm sure they respect his resume of players as he's coached. So that, that will definitely be key to uh, the success of the team, but more so how quickly they can come together um, and be on the same page. Um, secondly, I mean, he's a young guy. He's not too, too much older than they are. So I think there's a, a little bit more that they can maybe relate to. Um, and as always, man, again, just all the, I played 14 years professionally, man. And every place that I've played, um, I've been able to adapt, but even after I I stopped um, playing myself as a coach, when you can relate to a a player kind of like your peer, it, it makes the game that much easier to, to, to learn. But it's also, you know, the respectful respect level that a player and a coach has, because, again, there is a connection. So I just think with him, you know, being a, a coach and in the past, being able to coach high level elite players, uh, that's a hey, that's, that's a bonus. But the, the fact that, you know, he's not too much older than they are, I think it will be even more of a, a respect level. And it's, it's just how quickly can they, they come together as a, as a team, um, you know, to to have one common goal, and that's to win. Hawk, as a former professional basketball player yourself, what qualities does a player like to see in a coach in order for him to gain the respect from his players? Um, well, the, the first thing is every player have in their mind what they do well. And as a coach, it's it's up to you as a coach to, to respect that. You don't want to say, you know, what this player is thinking uh, doesn't matter. So as just through my coaching experience, I haven't coached at the highest level in, in the um, in the NBA or in college or even high school, uh, but just what I do, just with the youth that I coach, um, I want to see what they do well. I want them to prove to me what they do well. Now, I might taper some of the things they do well to, to my liking and liking of the team, but you have to be able to allow uh, especially elite player uh, to do some of the things that they want to do, but make sure this is within the team concept. So I think that's going to be one thing that he's going to have to do is to make sure that, you know, Harden and and Westbrook, you know, we're not trying to change their game totally because that that's what makes them who they are. We know uh, Harden is a is a volume shooter. Um, he's going to take a lot of shots. He's going to get to the to the rim cr- to create fouls, create opportunity for himself. Uh, Westbrook, again, you know, he's not a great shooter, uh, but I mean, transition. Um, he is the man of that team in transition. Uh, and being able to, to create. So I think with a combination of allowing them to be themselves and maybe tweaking some things that they can do better, uh, it, it will make them just, again, just an overall better team. Now, I know you wasn't on the level of a James Harden or a Russell Westbrook, but you actually played with a guy that might have been a tier below of a James Harden and Russell Westbrook and Steve Francis. In your first season 
with the Rockets, what right. was it about Rudy T that had not just Steve Francis respect, but every single one of those players respect as well? As I just said, he allowed all of us to be ourselves. Never told, especially me particularly, I wasn't known as a as a volume shooter. I wasn't known as a three-point shooter. I wasn't even known as a scorer when I got to the Rockets. But he never, not one time, told me, Hawk, I don't need you shooting shooting the ball. I don't need you bringing the ball up. Um, he just told me, play with some confidence. Um, he told me what was needed for me to stay on the court, but he also continued to tell me what was needed for me to stay on the team. And just having that line of communication, you're always going to have a respect from a uh, from a player to a, to a coaching standpoint. And Rudy T, man, he, he I think he was the, definitely the best coach I ever had. No disrespect to my high school coach or my college coach, Seth Greenberg, and all the coaches I played o- overseas. But from day one, me just trying to make the Rockets, he just told me, Hawk, be yourself. Be yourself. And that allowed me to have the confidence to prove defensively, I can, you know, I can play, I can guard ones, twos, and threes, and even some fours. But offensively, it, it, it allowed me to not only be myself, but show that I can shoot the, the mid-range shot, that I can knock down a three-point shot, um, and I can bring the ball up. So, you know, just all those things are factors of um, of a player having some success, knowing that the coach is not trying to restrict you. Of course, with this being a new era in the Houston Rockets history, there was another era that just ended, the era of, of Daryl Morey. Um, a couple of weeks ago, Daryl Morey did step down as the general manager of the Houston Rockets. And like I mentioned in the first segment, we all thought that he just wanted to take a break, be with his family, because the 2019-20 NBA season was very hard for him. You know, it started with him pulling off a trade that he really didn't want to do, which was swapping Chris Paul for Russell Westbrook. Then everybody knows it was the controversial Hong Kong tweet that cost not just the Rockets, but the league in general money, which got even worse when you think about the coronavirus effect that they had. Then you go into the bubble, you're away from your family. I believe the Rockets was in there for about two and a half, close to three months. You still didn't make a championship. And the your head coach, your right-hand man, step down, leaving you basically by yourself. We all thought that Daryl Morey just wanted to step away. And after 13 years, this man deserved a break. But <laughs> literally a week later, he decided to take a job as the basketball operations, head basketball operations for the Philadelphia 76ers. And as the man who is basically responsible for bringing James Harden to the Houston Rockets is trying to steal James Harden from the Houston Rockets. <laughs> it was reported earlier last week that the Philadelphia 76ers are trying to position themselves to make a run at James Harden. That has a lot of Houston Rockets fans upset. Mm-hmm. To be honest with you, Hawk, I am on the fence about a potential departure of James Harden. On one hand, I believe that with a new head coach who is basically going to enhance and improve this team, and I do believe he will, you have to allow James Harden at least one year with Steven Solis. You have to give the James Harden and Russell Westbrook experience at least another year. Because me personally, not just with the Rockets in general, but for any team like the Los Angeles Clippers, if I if if you don't mind if I take it there, it's mm-hmm. hard to judge a team off the 2019-20 season when you had a four-month layoff due to the pandemic. 
then you bring these guys into a bubble. And I know at the end of the day, yes, we criticize these guys, but at the end of the day, I know that did something to these guys psychologically. And the Russell Westbrook that I saw in the bubble was not the Russell Westbrook who was dominating the league the early part of this year. So on one hand, I believe that the Rockets and James Harden needs to give it at least one more year, especially with a new head coach. But on the other hand, this breaks my heart to say this. I do believe the Rockets should start considering a potential departure if they can't get it done this year. Well, I'm, I'm on the fence myself, but just the way I, I my thought process, you never know unless you try it. And the first thing is where Harden is at right now. He's had a lot of success, um, but with a different uh, coaching uh, philosophy, uh, maybe that could help him get over um, or overcome, you know, the challenges they've had over the last few years. Uh, if I'm if I'm James Harden, James Harden, I'm, I'm gonna give it at least one one, one year. Um, I don't want to, you know, make a a drastic change or, you know, move on without giving something a you know giving this a, an opportunity to grow. Um, new coaching philosophy. I'm changing maybe a couple of players, getting some bigs. Uh, There's no telling that can happen. I mean, what can happen? And it, it's just my philosophy, you know. You got to give things things to, to grow and, you know, not to have any experience with Silas right now and, and how he would implement, you know, his way of coaching. Uh, of course, it's not going to be a bad thing if, if Harden leaves. It's going to be bad for the Rockets, obviously, in, in, in the Houston fans. But if I'm James Harden, I want to give it a chance. You know, I don't want to just depart just because we have a new coach, um, a new system. I just I just love to see something grow from from nothing and you know so i i personally would like to see him stay but if he does leave yes i don't think that's going to be good for the rockets and i think if anything it would definitely put philadelphia in a chance uh give them another opportunity to you know advance more in the playoffs i don't care what team you are unless you like the new york knicks who really can't find their way for nothing you know like, like I used the Clippers, for example, you know, there's been talks about breaking that team up and I'm on the fence. I don't break it up because it's, it's hard to judge a team unless you're the Los Angeles Lakers. It's hard to say what didn't work, what did work when you had this big four month layoff and then you had the bubble situation. However, with this James Harden situation, you know, talking about him being traded to the Philadelphia 76ers, I say the Rockets should at least start to consider it. And I think that they should leave that open heading into next off season. This off season, the rock has already came out and said for any team that is thinking about calling about a potential trade for James Harden, it's going to be a hard, uh, a hard no. And I agree with that statement. And unless James Harden come to management and say, look, either you guys trade me now, or I'm not playing at all throughout the 2021 season, he's going to be here on this roster. However, the reason why I say the Rockets need to start considering and start at least putting a plan in place, because I do believe I don't think next year is a win or bust mentality, but Steven Silas is going to have to get this Rockets team at least to the Western Conference Finals, because if you get to the Western Conference Finals, you can say, okay, we got something cooking here. We got the pot on the stove. The water is starting to burrow. The food is starting to cook. We are about to get things going. Hmm. But if he some type of way failed to lead this team to the Western Conference Finals, 
And let's say they lose in the second round, and God forbid if they lose in the first round, the James Harden era is over in Houston. And I know you would hate to trade him, especially to the 76ers, especially to the guy who you've been working alongside here in Houston. But if you think about it, Hawk, the 76ers had possibly might have the best trade asset in order to give up a guy like James Harden. And that guy is Ben Simmons. And I'm not a Ben Simmons fan, but if we get to the point where the writing is on the wall and we have to give up James Harden. Now, of course, with this Ben Simmons, James Harden swap, you're going to have to find a trade partner for Russell Westbrook as well. Cause you can't have two guys who cannot shoot for nothing <laughs> on the same team. Mm-hmm. And if you bring in, and, and it's sort of the same way, you know, if you bring in, if you flip it, let's say they give up Russell Westbrook in the process you know, we get bad Ben Simmons. I, one, I don't think him and MB will work together because they got kind of hate each other. But then on the flip side of things, you can't have Ben Simmons and James Harden on the same roster, on the same court, because both of those guys need the ball in his hands, especially Ben Simmons. So in, in, a, in a situation where the Rockets are forced to trade James Harden, I hope it's to the Philadelphia 76ers because you can get a youngster back in Ben Simmons, who I believe he's good now, but he's nowhere near how good he can be. And you look at a guy like Steven Silas. There's a lot of questions surrounding how he's going to coach already established players. But what he has already proven in the past, he know how to develop players. He know how to give their play, give players confidence. And if you pair him with a young Ben Simmons, let's say this time next year, I think Silas might be the type of coach that can bring Ben Simmons to that next level. Not to cut you off real quick, man. I just wanted to just, just say, obviously, Ben Sim- Simmons is, is not only a future all-star, uh, but just a player that is uh, only going to develop in time and having a Silas uh, to help him in that development, I think you hit it right on the head. I mean, he's a, he's a, again, I think he's a player's coach, but more so as a, he's a player development coach. And that would be uh, definitely a beneficial situation for for Ben Simmons and, and the Rockets if they end up happening. And if Ben Simmons is already this good now, can you imagine once he come to Houston, we'll basically have another. I don't want to say Hall of Famer, but we'll have another prime All Star on our team. And to 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 go from James Harden to Ben Simmons, and look, by the time this guy will reach his prime and be ready to lead a team to a championship. Hopefully by that time, LeBron James have to have be old by now and retired. So the Lakers possibly, you know, won't be a problem. The same thing with the Golden State Warriors. So you're looking at a situation where you can basically possibly put this team in a situation where they can be the Western Conference team of the future. And of course, a lot of that depends on what, what Giannis Antetokounmpo do at the end of this season. But it, the Rockets need to consider it. I don't think James Harden is going to be traded this year. but if things don't work out and if they end this year short of a Western Conference Finals, they need to start the rebuild and and, and call Philadelphia up as soon as possible. Because Let me tell you, man, they need to win now. And as you said, they can't wait a whole another year. Uh, it's not a rebuild. It's not a, a situation. Let's, let's just see how things go for the next couple of years. Um, you know, with this opportunity to get a new coach and, you know, James Harden's not getting no younger. You know, Westbrook is, you know, obviously still playing at the high level, highest level. 
they they have some pieces and you know with the coach solids coming on board if they can add in uh just some real solid pieces as far as uh you know having a, a, a inside presence um they have to win they have to win or again this this whole situation with this team is going to break up and solids will be coaching a whole nother team next year so you're calling next season a must win must win must win western no conference question. not enough finals not enough they have to hold be holding up the larry o'brien trophy come june they at least have to make it into game five of the western conference <laughs> finals <laughs> well to be honest with you to to kind of prove your point unless it's the milwaukee bucks i do mm. believe any team that's coming out of the west next year is going to be holding up the larry o'brien trophy so because mm. My rankings, I know it's a lot, I know it's really, really early. The Rockets, they are top seven in my book, a top seven team in the Western Con. Well, not West Con, but top seven team in the NBA right now. And mm. five, maybe six of my sevens are in the Western Conference. So mm. it's it's almost like the same thing we have been seeing, possibly what ever since the Kobe and Shaq Lakers. Any team that's coming out of the Western Conference nine times out of ten is going yeah. to win the championship. You know, I don't want to say next year is a must win, but I do agree with you. I, I would say maybe the Western Conference final is just enough, but you made a lot of sense. And like you say, if, if they don't win next year, Silas could be looking at a situation where he's going to be coaching a whole new team as you enter the 2022 season. But at the end of the day, I do think this is the right guy that's going to be able to push us over the hump, but only time will tell. Amen to that. Amen to that. And I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'm sure the city of Houston is also looking forward to it. Um, and again, I'm really happy to see that um, the Rockets had some faith into hiring him. So it's, it's, it's go time. It's time to go to work now. So it'll be interesting to see how this, uh, this offseason go and in, in their preparation. And with that being said, that concludes another installment of Believe in the Rockets, only on the Believe Podcast Network. As always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. And you can follow me at Joaquin Hawkins uh, slash Hawk Hoops on Facebook and on Instagram. Follow me at Coach Hawk 247. That is Coach Hawk 247. And if you would like to know more about Steven Silas and what else he is planning to bring to the Houston Rockets, please be sure to check out my article on SB Nation and Dream Shake as I recap his coach introduction. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. For listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.